regardless of where you want to go in pharmacy, if you are in debt, if you've got so much money owed in student loans that you can't focus on doing your job, you're not really going to go anywhere, are you? Because if you have this level of stress, if you're in so much debt over your head that you can't think about anything other than making your bills, how are you supposed to dispense your full potential? I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day. Welcome back, Fit Farm fam, to another dose of the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. If you're looking to create a breakthrough in your pharmacy career and script your brand to stand out and dispense your full potential, this podcast channel is where I share not only what will effectively equip you to do just that, but how to practically implement these into your life. And I'm going to go on a real talk tangent real quick. They say knowledge is power, but that's not true. Knowledge is potential power. It's putting that knowledge into practice that matters and gets you the results that you want. Complexity is the enemy of execution, of doing the thing you know what to do, but don't do it. Oftentimes it's because y'all got it twisted and too complicated. And that's my job for you as your guide to give you simple solutions for what actually works based on the evidence I've created in my 10-year career as a full-time pharmacist and coach for helping others become the hero of their pharmacy story. If this is your first time listening, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss a dose of the real talk we dispense every week to help you make the biggest impact in your career and sphere of influence for your personal brand in pharmacy. Now, if you have been listening to the podcast and you've taken anything away, taken something that has helped you, planted a seed to think differently, or enjoyed the amazing guests we've had on the show over the years, I strongly encourage and just ask you, to leave a rating and review on iTunes to show your support. I would not be here if it wasn't for this amazing community. And please know that you might think that it's just a quick review. It doesn't matter. It's just one thing. But it does matter so much. And your review is what helps get this message to more pharmacy students and pharmacists who feel stuck are struggling. You see them. You know them. Maybe you are one of them. Students that aren't sure how to break through. Pharmacists who are just fed up and feel like they're in a corner with no way out. If you have ever felt that way and wish you had a mentor or someone to help you through those tough times, that's exactly why I launched this podcast and your review on iTunes is what you can do to support this podcast to reach the people in our profession who may need them the most. Your review honestly matters that much. So please drop a rating and review. It lets me know that this helped and fuels us 
to keep creating more content just like this episode for the future of pharmacy, the Gen Z pharmacist that will innovate and inspire us all. That's why I am so excited to invite to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast an expert on this very topic, part of your financial pharmacist and newly minted author, Jeff Keimer, PharmD, author of this book I'm holding, FireRx. Jeff, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. So without a doubt, we face a lot of stress in pharmacy, but I think the one thing that we can all agree on is you know you can feel good and have all the feelings but if you owe money and you're getting second notice foreclosure you know where knocking on the door phone calls voicemails all those things you're not really going to be able to do much with what you've spent all that money to become as a pharmacist so i just kind of want to invite you in and share your experience with your own financial journey and how you came to play seeing that that was one of the things keeping so many pharmacists locked away from really living their life and dispensing their full potential, that being finances and overcoming that huge burden. So can you just kind of walk us through like your journey with that? Because I, I really believe that the best teachers are the ones that walked through and, and walked the talk of what they're preaching. And without a doubt, you are one of those people, my man. So uh, first, thank you for being here. And I'm, I'm excited for you to share how you came to write this book and help so many people in our profession overcome and create the the life of financial independence. Well, thanks for the intro. So going to uh, the beginning of my, my journey with finances, uh, I'll be full disclosure, I'm not a finance, I did not come from any kind of financial expertise background or anything like that. Um, I came out of uh, I came out of pharmacy school uh, with about 150 plus thousand dollars in debt. Uh, back in 2011. And for the first couple of years of my career, I, oh God, I spent so much money on oh, yeah. absolute nonsense. I think I, I, <laughs> I spent, uh, uh, the one that kind of sticks out in my mind is the uh, the one year where I spent about $5,000 on craft beer. I mean, it was just epic. Um, and I, I, I just remember, you know, it, you know, some people will be able to relate to this, uh, you know, I'm making like a six figure paycheck, but, uh, I think I overdrew my bank account that my rent came out of maybe three times, you know, get hit with that like $35 fee each time, yeah. you know, that, uh, oh, you know, you, you spent a little too much on that, uh, you know, before you had your rent payment coming up or whatever, auto pay something, you know, usually the student loans or uh, uh, later on, it was like the, it was the car uh, that was probably the, uh, the biggest thing I bought, like a 30 some odd thousand dollar WRX couple of years oh. out of school. I mean, I probably was, no, I got the, well, I got the WRX. It was, uh, uh, it was that year. I think I remember thinking to myself like, well, the, the STI, you got to find it. It was difficult to find because I like the, the one that I got, it was like orange and black and they only made uh, like 300 of them uh, total or something like that. Uh, but the STI was like 45 grand and the, the WRX was like 32 and I had read somewhere the WRX is actually faster than the STI, so I said, yes, I'm going to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's but that's kind of the, the the background I was coming from. It wasn't you know I'm coming from this ultra frugal you know uh, incredibly uh, knowledgeable base on personal finance. You know I screwed up like most new practitioners do right out of the gate, but eventually was still able to make it work. Um, and in large part, uh, what uh, what really drove me to 
cleaning up my balance sheet, getting my finances in order um, and everything. Um, it's like a lot of people. I, I met someone, uh, my, my wife, Alex, uh, she had a very, very different perspective on money than I did. Um, she came from a background where, you know, she was taught to save. Um, I think she, she would tell me a story in college, like her mom would give her some money and like her mom had to tell her specifically not to save it, like go spend it. So, I mean, it's very different, uh, very different. uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, so she came to the picture and really kind of, um, give me the, the oomph, you know, to get over my inertia of like wanting to, uh, clean up my, uh, clean up my balance sheet, clean up my, uh, my finances. And, uh, once we started doing that, um, you know, I have a kind of a, of a mindset where like, if I really, uh, want to dig into something, I'll really, really dig into it. Uh, and eventually that led me from trying to learn all I could about, uh, being able to, uh, budget, pay off debt, um, invest, and then eventually into this, uh, financial independence piece, uh, which I kind of, it was almost, you know, serendipitously, uh, just stumbled upon, uh, one day, uh, when I was bored, I kind of looked online and, you know, found, uh, this guy, Mr. Money Mustache, who, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, he's this guy, I don't know if you ever read his blog. It's, it's entertaining. I, I would definitely recommend your listeners, uh, uh, head over there and, uh, read some of it. Um, you know, it's not dry or anything like that. Uh, uh, he talks about uh, getting over your inertia to, uh, uh, to save money and act well as like punching you in the face and, um, overcoming your, uh, your financial problems with badassery and that kind of thing. You know, it's definitely, a, it's not a, not a dry, stodgy, uh, financial, uh, uh, you know, blog or something like that. Um, but he got me, got me into thinking that, uh, this was more possible, um, than I had ever thought before, because, uh, for most people coming through, uh, you know, coming at the end of college and transitioning into, let's say adult life, if you will, what you really kind of hear about, uh, when it comes to, uh, retirement and, uh, financial independence, if that term's even used at all, um, is that you need to have some exorbitant level of money uh, to be able to completely call it quits. Usually it's a factor of your income, which, you know, as a lot of people know that, you know, the income piece isn't uh, super in your control. A lot of times, uh, you know, you can, you can work hard, you can do side hustles, things like that to really improve your income. Um, But for the pharmacist, uh, a lot of times since, you know, we're not starting from a, a smaller point uh, where, you know, like a lot, of, a lot of college grads coming out are starting at like, you know, 30, 40,000. We're already starting at like essentially peak earning years uh, yeah. level, level salary. Um, and there really isn't too much wiggle room from that. Um, and as a lot of pharmacists today know, um, because of market forces that are really not in our profession's control at this point, you know, salaries go down, mar- certain markets are, are really saturated. Um, and it's going to be you know, the, the prospect of really being able to um, accelerate earnings within a lot of traditional uh, pharmacist dispensing roles um, just isn't as there as you'd want it to be. So exactly. when this guy, you know, comes about and says, no, you can just control your expenses. And, you know, if you save up 25 times your annual expenses, dude, you're free. I said, oh, this is really cool. Um, tell me more. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh and that really kind of got me down this, uh, this fire rabbit hole. And I think that was that was shortly after we got married in 2016. Because um, I remember 
I was reading all this. I think it was it was like October of that year that I was reading it. Um, and uh, then I, in November, and this is the only reason I remember that reference point, um, I sold my car. I, you know, I, I, t I texted my wife one day. I was like, you know, I think I'm going to look at new cars or like different cars to like, uh, so I can get rid of this car payment that we had. Cause I think it was like 550 a month plus the, wow. you know, all the, uh, the added insurance you need to, to do. And then it, uh, it took like premium gas. Uh, I was, uh, I was floating around the state at the time. So I was putting like 30,000 miles a year on the car or wow. something stupid like that. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, it was basically, it was like, all right, I can really cut my expenses by doing this particular thing. I remember that I, I texted her that one day and I was like, yeah, I'm going to look around. And then uh, I uh, texted her like, hey, I'm going to go look at a car. And then I didn't text her back. And uh, I ended up buying the car and she texts me and says, you know, hey, did you, you know, what'd you find out? And I told her, oh, I bought a car. And that, that kind of sparked the thing. She's like, what, you bought a car when you didn't really tell me you were going to do it? So that that day, you know, you know, in November, that kind of gets ingrained in my mind as far as when we really in my mind officially started on this whole this whole path that was kind of like you know my overcoming inertia to really kind of um do something that'll really kind of change my mindset to move forward down this path um and absolutely then, yeah and and, and jeff I, th I think one thing that you said really resonates with a lot of people is essentially we're working minimum wage through pharmacy school or whatnot so we literally go from zero to six figures and just like we hear so many people like let's take out a pharmacy for a second Let's look at lottery winners, people that are, you know, most people that win aren't like multimillionaires. They're making, you know, average or, or below. And then all of a sudden they've got like $500 million. And it's not about how can I make more money? Like that's a vehicle. The real trick is how can I keep what I'm making? Because you can have someone that makes a hundred grand a year, but the person that makes 40 grand a year is more financially free because exactly what you said, they figured out how to cut those expenses. And I think a point that you said, so many people that are new grad pharmacists or they've been trying to figure it out on their own resonates with all of us because we feel so intimidated by the financial game. We're, and I love how you started this out, this, this whole interview. I'm not, I don't have a financial background, like I'm pharmacy, like that's it. I, I don't have this, this, ex, this degree in finances. I'm just like you guys. And that's really important, I feel, because when we start looking at finances, we get overwhelmed. There's this program and that program and, and you know, financial free of all the all these things that you can learn and we get overwhelmed. We, we get this analysis paralysis. So I'm like, well, I just I'll just just say make more money and then we just keep spending. But it's really about how can we not lose what we have? How can we keep it rather than necessarily making more? And those skills of starting at one place, just like you said, with your WRX example, I think is so key because it hits on a huge concept, whether it's in financial growth, uh, your, your mental clarity or building your brand or whatever it is, it's getting momentum and starting simple, hitting that low hanging fruit so you can create that process. And, and I love that you said that. I, I really wanted to point that out because I feel like so many people feel overwhelmed. They are not sure where to start and they're not sure like, you know, I want to make more money, but is it really you want to make more money or is it want you want to have more money? from what you make. So I just want to highlight those points because I think they're so important and so many people in our profession can resonate with that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that piece about, it, it really is not about, you know, making more money. It is about having more because 
as many, 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 many new practitioners can attest, um, having a negative net worth um, in particular uh, because of the massive student loan burden that a lot of us have is, it, it's really, it, it's a ball and chain. Like you can't yeah. have, um, in my opinion, like the, the relationship that you have with your work is very different, uh, you know, being in debt to your profession versus being out of debt to your profession. And I know for a fact, like when, when we started doing the, the financial independence, the very first thing that we wanted to do um, was address the student loan issue. That was really the very, very first target we were gonna hit. Um, did we want to really you know, get into uh, investing and getting all that done? Yep, and we did some of it, like in the beginning, we did some of that too. We maximized our uh, 401k contributions, but that was really because it's like, well, you know, we don't also get tax breaks. So it was kind of like free money that I would be throwing away if I didn't do that. But aside from that, it was all student loans, you know, hitting them every week. And I know for, for myself, you know, the, the way that we, we were able to tackle it, which isn't going to be the right thing for everybody. Uh, with student loans, you know, as I'm sure, you know, all the guys over at YFP can attest, uh, there are a variety of ways to attack that beast. Um, and they're going to be really kind of individualized to um, what kind of situation you have, whether or not, uh, you know, especially if you're eligible for like uh, public student loan forgiveness. Um, you know, yes. if I was eligible for that, I would not have done what I did. Um, but, uh, you know, barring that, if it's just simple loan repayment, it's basically it's doing the thing that you need to do each and every month or week or whatever, and just making sure that you keep doing it. So for us, um, we... Every week, like when I got paid or every uh, two weeks when she got paid, um, we had a spreadsheet. I knew exactly how much money needed to go into our accounts that would pay all of our, our bills and our living expenses. And then everything extra went straight to the student loans. Um, and it was kind of like, it was like a weekly ritual uh, that I would yeah. have, um, you know, I get paid on a Thursday. So on Thursday, I was making a payment to Navient or whatever, really just whittling those things down and then eventually, you know, as time went on, I mean, we were able to, we got them, got rid of them very quickly. I think, you know, we got rid of them in less than two years. Um, coming from, I think, to start, you know, at that point, I think we were still at like 130 some odd thousand. Um, yes. Which, you know, it's it's a lot, but you can do it as long as you keep with it, you keep doing it, you're disciplined with it. Um, That's so key. And people tell me all the time, like, whether it's building a personal brand or taking their career to the next level or, or financial dependence, like Adam, I want to do something extreme. Like I want to just go for it. And I tell people this all the time. The most extreme thing you can do is be consistent because nobody does that craziness. And it's like the people throw it out like, Oh, that's ridiculous. Like I need something more intense. Like if I want to make a major move, I have to make a major sacrifice. And this mindset blocks so many people from building their personal brand, from achieving financial independence, whatever it might be. But that's really it is, and here's why guys, just like Jeff is saying, if you create a simple plan, you're gonna be a lot more likely to follow it. Whether you are building a brand or your business, or you're just trying to eat healthier. Like if you cut your calories in half, that might work a day or two, but eventually it's gonna be so intense, it's such a drastic change, you're not going to be able to maintain and do that. But if you find something simple that you can consistently do, what's going to happen is you're going to get a taste of success. That's momentum. 
That's what fuels your success in whatever your end goal is. It's going to keep that snowball effect rolling in a positive direction, and you're going to see the results, whether that's your, your debt going down a little, or you have a little more extra cash to spend on, on weekends out or whatever it might be, and you're going to be like, wow, this really works, and it's going to reinforce your behaviors, which is going to keep that momentum going. And I think that's such an important thing that I feel keeps a lot of people trapped in debt is they feel like it has to be this super extreme sacrifice. And if it's simple and consistent, that's that's not sexy. Like that's not going to make this happen. But what you're saying, what you've done, what you help people do, what you guide them through in your book are the simple things that you can get started in to get that process started. And that's really what I wanted to ask you. You gave a couple phenomenal examples in your own journey. Let's speak to the pharmacist that's either about to graduate uh, or they did graduate and they realize like, I have all this money, it's great, but if I'm honest with myself, if I keep going this way, I probably won't be financially set where I want to be because I'm spending too much, I'm not saving enough, or I just don't know how to handle this influx of money, which I guess is a good problem to have. But are there certain tips you can give people to get started or create new behaviors or habits that will allow them to create that financial independence? Well, I think uh, and what you were t talking about uh, just a couple of moments ago, uh, where it's very, very, very important um, to just just, yeah, again, have the consistency, but also doesn't need to be anything drastic. There's a kind of a mantra that uh, I'm going to borrow from uh, the uh, white coat investor. Um, if you've ever, any of the, your listeners have ever uh, listened to that podcast or reviewed that blog, it's a great resource um, that's uh, more targeted to physicians, but uh, also to, to us as well. Um, and there's a, a saying that he has there called live like a residence, which I think can kind of resonate with a lot of a lot of us, uh, because it's basically just telling you that you've got this giant influx of income, but you don't need to start living um, to, to meet that. If you yes. can continue living the way that you've been living, let's say as a college student, now hopefully you weren't living like you know the most bougie college you know lifestyle ever or whatever. Hopefully not. But you know if you were living just a basic college lifestyle, you're already used to doing this. Just do it for a few more years, and you know, you'll be amazed how much that's going to uh, going to bring you success. Um, the other the other thing too is you also don't need even if you're you're past that point. Like let's say you did start living. You know, the kind of lifestyle I, I would say I was living paycheck to paycheck on a on a six figure salary. The the types of moves that you need to make are probably a lot less uh, drastic than you think they are. And I kind of touched on it in, in the book. A lot of people in the fire community are really into this ultra frugality, minimalist lifestyle, which I'll be honest, I think it, I think it's great for getting clicks and eyeballs on websites, um, makes for very interesting podcast guests. I don't think it's a sustainable, uh, broadly applicable strategy uh, yes. for people because I think people will do that for a few months, just like you can see with uh, people trying diet and exercise regimens that are um, that are quite aggressive. You're the the over the data is overwhelming, you know, not in your favor as yep. you know as far as you know continuing to be able to do something like that. Exactly. Um, so even just hitting some of the bigger points. So like for me. That was my car. Like my car was the big thing. Like I got to eliminate a $550 a month payment 
plus whatever the insurance. I'm not even going to get into that because I honestly don't know it. <laughs> but I do know that payment. Um, you know, you can, if you can kind of square like certain parts of the lifestyle, hit the big things, uh, be it uh, transportation and housing in particular, uh, those tend to be the biggest points on people's uh, expenses. Um, that's, that's key. Uh, the other thing is just developing a budget. Now, you could do it a couple of different ways. Um, there's the, what they call the uh, zero-based budget, uh, which is more what people traditionally think of when developing a budget where you're kind of going through line items and things like that and revisiting at the end of every month and kind of seeing what's left over, put that into savings or paying down debt. I know I was never really into that. Uh, it was seemed like a lot of work. Uh, yeah. So the the track that I, I went for myself was called a, uh, some call it a no budget or a reverse budget. Basically, you know, you... You can get some some data on your spending. I got it from uh, uh, by plugging in all my accounts to uh, an app called Mint and being yes. able to see being able to see like you know Love over it. the past over the past couple of years. This is what I've spent on average on things. And actually, it's it's odd. Like I I thought like oh man you know every year is different, but really I, I was very very consistent. It was weird, um, but uh, I was able to plug that in and say okay this is kind of what you do on average. And, you know, I'm going to pay myself first and then everything else is going to go into the expenses and whatnot. And that's that's how we're able to do like every paycheck. You know, I know exactly how much I need. I yep. don't need to reconcile at the end of the month. And it was just kind of like clockwork. I was able to do that. Um, that's not for everybody. You need that that data. Like if you were following, I would say the Dave Ramsey approach and paying cash for everything. You're not going to have that day. Um, sorry, but uh, you'll probably have to do the harder, the harder method. Um, little things that you can do that uh, can make this a lot easier. And it doesn't need to involve massive amounts of sacrifice um, to be able to get to, you know, I would say at least get to the point where you're at a, at a student debt, um, unless you're pursuing something like PSLF, where you really, where you have to have it locked down, or if it's some kind of income-based repayment option that, uh, that you're working towards, that's fine, that's different. But if you can, you know, once you get out of that debt, that's the first thing that you need to do. The rest of it, the financial independence piece, like that's the cake at the end of the road. Um, but in terms of like really kind of helping you get into the mindset and being able to set yourself up for long-term financial success, being able to figure out the tricks to get yourself out of debt, that is, it's it's amazing. That's so spot on. And guys, these tips, they might sound like, oh, I've heard this before, but let, let me kind of relate these to real life. Let's relate them to... Uh, building building a brand, okay? So you want to have a presence on social media. You're like, oh, I need a brand to be successful in my career. So you're like, okay, I'm going to go ham on social media. So just like Jeff said, sustainability is so key. Let's say you get really excited about posting on social and you go like, I'm going to post five times a day. And you do that for a few days, but can you really do that when you've got other things going on, when you when work needs you to come in? when your family needs you, when you've got unexpected emergencies? Are you really gonna be able to do that when things are tough? And whenever I coach people on building their brand, that's the first thing I say is, if you're looking at, because that's one of the most common questions, how often do I post? How often do I do this or that? Look and imagine your, your hardest week of your life when you've got so much going on unexpected. What would you be able to realistically do in that time, no matter what? If it's once a week, but it's quality, that's good. If it's three times a week and you're honest with yourself, that's good. Just like 
if you're saving money, if you're cutting expenses. Yeah, it would be great to cut your expenses to zero, but is that realistic? Like, are you really able to survive on air alone? No way, I want Chipotle, let's be real. But you gotta really look at how can I maintain this long-term, all right? So that's the other thing. And, and the second point that Jeff said that I really wanna harp on because it's just so phenomenal, but we so often, all of us discard it and, and say it's, it's, we discount it saying it's not really valuable. And that's taking a self audit. And that's, I, I'm a huge fan of the Mint app. I highly recommend it because it gives you that awareness. Where is money coming in? Where is it going out? Simple concept. But if y'all have an iPhone, you get this awareness weekly called a weekly screen time report. And it blows your mind and is kind of humbling and humiliating at the same time. It's like, wait, I spent how many hours on my phone? Because we want to do the things but oftentimes we overextend ourselves to the point we're not at, able to practically implement and follow through on the plan that we've put into practice. So you, these are just some simple examples that all of us have experienced, but it gives you that awareness of, wow, I had no idea. Like I thought I was good, but this really makes me question and think on what's really going on. When you're able to do this simply and mindlessly by literally downloading a free app like Mint, this isn't sponsored, it should be, but you know, <laughs> it's just a great <laughs> app that's free. Um, that gives you the awareness like, wow, I thought I was only spending this, but I'm really spending that. It gives you that kind of gut check of what's really going on, not what you feel is going on, but what does the data say? Because what gets measured gets managed, as one of the famous Peter Drucker once said, but I think that's such a key piece that we discount so much. So I really want to drive that home. It's, in my opinion, the, the best first step at creating financial independence. And, and what Jeff says, like, listen to this guy, because that is spot on and helped me a lot in my own journey. Thank you. Absolutely. So, yeah, just in wrapping up, like, about the book itself. So for those looking to, looking to, to buy the book or looking to get into the book, um, just, you know, couple things what the book is and what it is not. Um, the book is supposed to be just a very general introduction uh, to financial independence for you. It's a quick read. It's only like hundred less than 150 pages. So it's nothing that you really have to invest too, too much time into. But it's also, it's not going to be something that tells you, oh, this is the path that you need to go down. It's not going to really get into uh, what you should be doing, uh, particularly from the investment piece. Uh, because that can be kind of, I think, the kind of piece that uh, a lot of people get uh, get nervous about, like, what do I do with the money once I have it, which it doesn't have to be very complicated, but you also should do your due diligence and being able to figure out what's going to work well for you and your yes. particular situation. So, you know, unlike some of the other fire books out there, I really did not want to guide it in a direction of telling you or give you kind of the guru mentality of like, oh, follow my system and and do this. I just want this to be, you know, kind of the start, your your taste of that that journey. And you can kind of get the spark to do it on your own and you're going to figure it out on your own. And I think that, uh, you know, by doing that, kind of cu customizing your own, uh, your own journey to yourself is really going to be what's going to drive your success, um, you know, with FIRE. But this would just be kind of the first step for you in that journey of being able to get exposure to it. I love that approach. And guys, just think about this. Let, you're making a fire. Do you go from zero to a roaring inferno? No. 
you start with kindling, you get that spark started. And that's exactly what this book does. It gives you that kindling, it gives you that momentum, some of those suggestions of here's how you can get ignition to start building your fire towards financial independence. You don't go from zero to a thousand. Like you might do that with your income, but when it comes to independence, we go back to the lottery example. Why do so many lottery winners just go bankrupt so fast? Because they don't have those systems in place, because they haven't put in the due diligence, they haven't done the consistency, they haven't adopted those habits that allows you to create that income in the first place, but most importantly, to keep it. It's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. And the simple strategies that Jeff writes in this book is really spot on because it, it just like he said, it's not go do this, like I'm your guru, it's here are some things that work, that have helped me, that have helped people in the YFP community, your financial pharmacist, but these are things that work, that are tried and true through time and repeated example. You might not be in a place where all of them work, but I guarantee some of them will help get you started so you can create that momentum because momentum is really the key ingredient to Scripture's financial independent success. So I think that's so spot on that you wrote it that way, man. And again, I just want to acknowledge you for creating this amazing value for pharmacists, for pharmacy students in creating that financial independence. Because once we can remove that burden of having debt, of owing money, of worrying or living from paycheck to paycheck, if we're in that mindset, we're not going to be thriving. We're not going to be able to serve and dispense our full potential. And our patients are going to be suffering because they're not getting the best parts of us. So when we take this seriously and implement what you wrote in this book and put it into practice, that's how we can really come to a place where we're living a career that we're fulfilled. We can be fully focused and serving people to really do what we're here to do. And that is to change lives one script, one patient at a time. Uh, so again, thank you so much for, for this book, for your time on this, this interview, because I, I hope my hope, my, my reason for this was really get the word out so that people can see that it's not this super complex thing that's overwhelming and we have to go get a finance degree. It's the simple things that we can start ignition with to get us started on our fire towards financial independence. Well, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. Where can people best connect with you? Where can they get the book so that they can join this community and really get supported from all the work that you and your, your clients are doing? So people can best connect with me on the YFP Facebook group in particular. Uh, happy to answer any kind of questions you might have um, or you can DM me from that group. Um, as far as the book is concerned, uh, you can purchase it from the YFP website, uh, which the links to it, uh, yourfinancialpharmacist.com. Uh, there should be links to purchase the book from there. Excellent. And guys, if you've not heard of the Your Financial Pharmacist community, you need to get in that. Um, I've had them on the podcast several times because they are, in my opinion, one of the best brands in our profession. Uh, their integrity, their commitment to helping people thrive. Uh, it's a brand I stand behind. And there's a reason they've been on this podcast so many times. The service they're doing is just phenomenal. And I'm just honored to have another uh, person on that team uh, Jeff here sharing that. So again, the links for all of those will be in the show notes, uh, or you can head to yourfinancialpharmacist.com. Definitely plug into that community. It's a group of people you will want to connect and just enjoy 
they're, they're phenomenal individuals. Dr. Jeff Keimer, thank you for all the work that you are doing and have done for our profession, for our individual sanity uh, towards financial independence. Thank you very much, man. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure, guys. This is Dr. Adam Martin with the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, signing off with the one and only Jeff Keimer of Your Financial Pharmacist. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a day.